0: La 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 Hello beautiful people. And welcome to MIDI the Podcast, a modern day podcast designed to answer all of your weird and wonderful pregnancy and postpartum questions. I'm your host, Monique Maitland, qualified midwife and nurse founder of the Midi Society and someone who is about to become your personal in-pocket midwife and virtual best friend. The Midi Society is a community-based platform where we interview leading healthcare professionals, new mummers and everyday people who share with us their experiences and reveal what they wish they knew before becoming a parent. So buckle up for this crazy and exciting ride. I'll be talking all things tits, bits, spew and poo. All right, let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome back to Midi the Podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about birth plans because I feel like I get asked this question all the time. Do I need to make a birth plan? What's the point in them? Are they really worth it? Birth doesn't go to plan, so why should I have a birth plan? And you can see where all those questions come from. But I'm here to tell you that absolutely you need to create a birth plan. And I actually don't refer to a birth plan as a birth plan. I like to say birth wishes because, yes, we know sometimes labor and birth doesn't go to plan, but you should not go into it blindly. And going with the flow is just not the correct thing to do. And Probably if you're listening to these podcasts, you already know that that is my philosophy and that knowledge is power. So creating a birth plan and your birth wishes is absolutely a must, hopefully on the top of your to-do list when preparing to welcome your baby. And after listening to today's episode, hopefully you'll understand why I think they're really important. So let's start by firstly answering the question of what is a birth plan? So a birth plan is an outline of your preferences for when you are in labor and for birth. So why should women create a birth plan? And do I think it is necessary? So basically, I want to make it clear now that birth plans, there's a lot more to them than just writing out a simple document and ticking and crossing what you want for your labor and birth. The reason why I think they're so important is because basically what it's going to do. It's encouraging you to do further research and investigation into what's going to work best for you in your labor and birth and it requires you to educate yourself which as you know I'm very passionate about. When I'm teaching my childbirth education classes I always say to the people that I'm teaching is you know I'm going to give you all the education on every different topic and then I want you to go away and actually do some more thinking and communicate with each other other to work out what's going to work best for you and this is really great to get your support person involved as well. Creating a birth wishes template is also really great because it's going to create a sense of control for you and it's also going to help us as midwives or any care providers that are going to be looking after you work out exactly what you want for your labour and birth. Once you're admitted into the birth centre, so if I was looking after you, most of the time, women will get their birth plan out or their support person will and they will hand it over to me. I will then take a read of it and it's really great because it's going to get rid of some of the unnecessary conversations that you know we don't really now need to discuss because I know exactly where your mind's at and that means you can focus completely on your task ahead of bringing your baby earthside. So when should you create your birth plan or as I like to say your birth wishes template? Now it is never too early to start educating yourself and sort of starting to envision what you want your labor and birth to look like. So as your pregnancy progresses I would just take a mental note or even write it down of certain things that you hear maybe from stories or maybe from friends telling their birth stories of what sort of Do you think is going to work best for you? So gradually just jot those things down and then ideally you'd want to have your birth plan written down by latest I would say 36 weeks. So what are some of the things that you need to consider when creating your birth plan? Now I'm gonna scrap the term birth plan from now on and just refer to it as birth wishes. So number one thing, and this is probably the most important thing, is that your birth wishes, they need to be flexible and adaptive because we know that although we have a certain thing set in our mind, how we want our labor and birth to unfold, sometimes things can deviate from the norm. You know, for example, maybe now you're being induced and it's knowing how to be adaptive to that and still be able to get through your labor and birth being really positive, although things have changed, to still have that desired birthing outcome that you're hoping for. And that's why it comes back to educating yourself prior. So listening to podcasts, doing a childbirth education course, all those things that are going to give you the knowledge to then be able to make those informed decisions. So I always say to women, you should have your non-negotiables or your desired wishes because they're the things that no matter what should not change. And most of the time, these things are actually what the hospital will routinely do. Now, your birth wishes should be realistic to meet the hospital's needs if you're birthing within a hospital because if you're putting things on there that the hospital's just not going to do, I mean, for example, some hospitals may do maternal assisted caesareans, but most of the time, if it is an emergency caesarean, they're not going to do it. So it's about having those realistic expectations. So that when things happen and if they aren't going, you know, I say in quotation marks to plan the way that you wanted to, you still have the ability to understand but also advocate for yourself because you've educated yourself so much and your birth plan has been realistic to meet your needs. Now, speaking from my own experiences supporting many women throughout their labor and birth, I honestly see the women struggle more when they haven't thought about the unknowns and what ifs because their birth plan has been so fixated on the spontaneous labor and birth outcome that if anything else comes up that they hadn't thought about that's when they really find it quite challenging because they weren't prepared and that's why I say there's so much more about creating a birth plan than just giving a simple piece of paper over it requires you to think about everything to do with your labor birth and also your baby so that then now leads me to which I'm probably thinking is your next question what should you include in your birth wishes And we're going to break this part into what you want for your labor, what you want for your birth, what's going to happen for the baby and also if there is an emergency, what does your birth wishes look like there? So for the labor, you're thinking about the birth environment. So what are you going to be wanting there? So we're thinking about lighting. Are we going to have dim lighting because we know that promotes oxytocin or are you someone that wants natural light or the lights on totally appropriate either way are you going to have fairy lights are you someone that's open to having music playing in the background or maybe you want silence and you don't want any noise then maybe we're starting to think about what smells do you want around you you know are you going to have a diffuser on what sort of oils do you want diffusing they're some of the things that you need to be thinking about for your birth environment and then that also goes back to in early labor when you're at home Another thing that you wanna think about is the types of monitoring. So are you open to all types of monitoring, which is your Doppler, so the handheld device, your continuous monitoring by the CTG or the fetal scalp electrode. Obviously, each woman's situation is going to vary, so it's about having those discussions with your healthcare team in that moment to make the best decision for you and your baby. Then you want to be thinking about your pain relief options, and you should ideally have a list of your non pharmacological options and your pharmacological options and what you're open to. And maybe a little segment, or even if you don't write it down, but having a discussion with your midwife about. Do you want her to offer you pain relief when she suggests you should be using it or do you want to be the one to ask for pain relief? I think it's really important too that if you also find yourself having an epidural, maybe write a little part on your birth plan saying, if I have an epidural, please encourage me to change positions or I would like to use a peanut ball. If you are having a good working epidural, it's really great and actually very valuable to help change the diameter of your pelvis and encourage your baby into the optimal position to actually rotate and move so if I'm looking after someone who has an epidural but they've got really good movement and it's safe to do so I will rotate rotate them onto all fours because if you're finding that you're stuck on your back in the bed with an epidural that is not good enough that's not good enough from the midwives so we should really be changing a position and always always there definitely should be a peanut ball around that you can place in between your legs to open that diameter as well. I think another really important thing is to think about some of the language that you want to use. So, I always say to the people that I teach, we get rid of the word pain for contractions because we shouldn't view contractions as painful because we know that we need strong, regular contractions to have a vaginal birth, which is amazing. And you're so powerful and capable of doing that. But I always say, support people. Get rid of the word pain, so maybe you don't want that word pain and often midwives wouldn't refer to a contraction as pain anyway, but is there any other types of language that you want used or not used? Really important to think about. Another thing that you could include is if you're open to midwifery students or medical students or not. Although I do just want to say that student midwives are really great and it's good to have them in the room for additional support. But also, if you don't feel comfortable with that, once again, you always have a say and you can say no. Another great thing to think about is if you find yourself having a vaginal examination, which let's be real, most likely you are going to have some form of a vaginal examination at some point. Remember, you can decline anything that you want to. It's totally up to you. But if you have a vaginal examination, are you someone that would like to know the findings of your cervical dilation or are you someone that wouldn't like to know your cervical findings? Then, of course, if there's any other culturally important factors, please note them down. Now, in regards to the birth, there's a few things that you probably need to think about. So one is going to be the type of desired birthing position. So what position would you ideally like to be in to birth your baby? So we know that laying flat on your back is not optimal to birth your baby. And of course, as midwives already in our practice, it's to avoid women birthing on their backs because we know it can increase the chances of a more significant perineal tear so it's always great to note down what type of position you would like to birth in or maybe you would like to birth in the bath if possible once again it's just a great thing to comment on because then your midwife is going to obviously encourage and promote that as much as possible then you're going to have a little component on pushing so what do you want to do when pushing would you like to be guarded by your own body to birth your baby or would you like some guidance from your midwife if they think it's necessary and then if If you have an epidural, are you open to directed pushing if necessary? You can also talk about in your birth wishes is if there's a mirror available, I would like to be able to see my baby's head crowning or I would like to be encouraged to touch my baby's head when it's crowning so you can pretty much visualize how close you are, which is amazing. But also I know to some people probably like, oh God, I can't imagine that. So that's absolutely fine, but you can always make comment of it. Now in regards to the perineum and protecting the perineum for birth, It's a normal practice for midwives to use warm compressors. So basically they're putting a warm face washer or pad, whatever it may be, on the perineum. So that bit of skin between the vaginal opening and the anus to help stretch it when your baby's head is crowning. So are you open to warm compresses? Are you happy for your midwife to be hands on and control the birth of your baby's head? Or are you someone that wishes for your midwife's hands to be off? Or would you like to tear naturally and only have an episiotomy when it's absolutely necessary? Now, honestly, we don't just cut episiotomies unless they're medically indicated and if we are making an incision into the perineum by the episiotomy we're doing it for all the right reasons and they do have really positive outcomes. Then I would make a little section on the birth of the body so would you like to be the one to help bring your baby up and onto your chest where possible or is it maybe a support person that would like to be there to help place your baby on your chest? Once again open for interpretation whatever you want to do and another thing I think it's important to note is if you're someone who doesn't know the sex of the baby make sure you're the ones to be the ones to announce the sex of the baby now once baby is born earthside there's a few other things that we have to think about and that's immediately postpartum so now a lot of these things we would already naturally do as part of our job and that goes for a lot of the things that are included in what I've said already with your birth wishes But it's really great for you to just have some ideas going around your head about some of the things that I've discussed. So postpartum routinely, midwives, you know, we'd always recommend skin to skin. So are you open to skin to skin? Then do you want delayed cord clamping? Once again, routinely, we will do this, but maybe you want delayed cord clamping to the point where the cord stops pulsating so that all that blood flow has gone back to the baby. Then you wanna think about who's gonna be cutting the cord. Is the support person gonna be cutting the cord? Or maybe you both just don't wanna do it or you don't wanna do it, or maybe you do wanna do it. So to think about who's gonna cut the cord, Then probably one of the most important things is are you going to have an active third stage or a physiological third stage? So what I'm talking about is are you going to get that injection into your thigh of oxytocin which is going to help contract the uterus and prevent bleeding which is often a routine thing that all hospitals will offer Um, but if you're someone who's had a really low risk normal physiological labor and birth are you going to decline that and opt for a physiological third stage? And this refers to the midwives not doing anything. So pretty much you're the one to deliver your placenta. So it's more using gravity. You might have to get up, sit on the toilet, sit over a pan and sort of push your placenta out if that makes sense. Other really helpful things to have on your birth plan is immunizations. Are you going to be someone that opts for the vitamin K and hepatitis B after birth or maybe you want to decline them? So having that already there on your birth plan makes it super clear and concise for your midwife to know. And then of course what sort of feeding are you going to do? Are you going to be breastfeeding or are you going to be exclusively formula feeding? Once again, having that there, just make sure everyone's on the same page and removes unnecessary conversations if we don't need to have them. And one more thing I forgot to talk about for the placenta is, are you happy for the placenta to be thrown in the bin or are you someone that's going to take your placenta home? That's also really great to have on your birth wishes. Now, the next thing's probably really important, and that's what are you going to do in case of an emergency? So, really great to have a section in your birth wishes that sort of talks about how, although you understand that unexpected emergencies can occur, what do you wish to do? in these situations for you and your baby. So maybe if you find yourself in the position where you're requiring to have an instrumental birth, so via the vacuum or forceps, are you open to that? And maybe making some comments about if avoidable and if the healthcare professionals thinks it's safe to do so, Can I avoid an episiotomy? Now, the reason why healthcare professionals would recommend an episiotomy, and this is more so for the forceps, because the forceps are going into the vagina and around the baby's head, which of course is increasing the diameter. So, therefore, your perineum has to stretch more than just the baby's head, and then you're at higher risk of significant tears. That's why they would make the episiotomy incision to open the diameter and prevent the tears going straight down into your anal sphincter muscles. In saying that though, I have seen vacuums being done without episiotomies and the doctor who's performing this, they usually will try their very best to Go along with your birth wishes and only really suggest the episiotomy if it looks likely that that area of the perineum is going to tear. Now, in case of an emergency caesarean, I know this is never in anyone's birth plan and we all hope to have that natural, spontaneous, physiological birth. But unfortunately, sometimes things change and it may be suggested that you need a caesarean to meet your baby safely. So in the case of having a cesarean, I've done a whole podcast episode on cesareans, but there is no reason why you still can't have a really calm environment to birth your baby. You can absolutely ask if you can have music playing. Most of the time, the doctors will love that and the staff will love that, obviously, if it's appropriate for the current situation. Now, every hospital would vary whether or not they do maternal assisted caesareans or not. In most settings though, if it is an emergency caesarean, they don't tend to do the maternal assisted caesareans just because of the risks, Um, but always have that discussion with your healthcare provider first. But I think it would be reasonable to note that where possible if you can be involved in the birth of your baby, that would be great. And then I think most importantly is immediate skin to skin. A lot of the time we do take babies away to the resuscitate first and then bring the baby back to you but remember you're in the center of your care you can advocate for yourself in that situation Another thing and handy tip that I would say is please make sure one arm is free from my gown because you will be placed into a gown when you're having the cesarean. And by having one arm free of the gown, it means it makes it so much easier for that skin to skin because instead of having to thread the baby sort of through the gown, we just open up the gown and we can place your baby straight on your chest. So I feel like that's a sneaky midwife hint there. Now, in the event that your baby needs some form of resuscitation or maybe your baby has to be separated from you and go to the nursery and you found yourself either having a cesarean where you can't go, um, if that's the case, offering for your support person to go with your baby at all times. And of course, then making sure that the staff is communicating with you what's going on at all times. So just remember, if it's an emergency caesarean or an elective caesarean, you can still definitely have a birth plan where you can write down your birth wishes of what you want to do once the baby's born with the injections, um, with a delayed cord clamping, all those things. So please don't feel like you're missing out on being able to create a birth plan or, as I say, birth wishes, because you can absolutely have those birth wishes. And I think it's still really important to think about that. So that you feel empowered over your birthing experience and something that you can control because sometimes we find ourselves in these positions of it being out of our control when we require a cesarean. Now I've covered the most basic parts but of course if there's anything else that you want your healthcare providers to know about you, you can pop them in and make space for them. So sometimes women put in their allergies, what medications they're on, the support person's names and things like that. Your birth plan can be as in-depth as you like it or really simple. It does not have to be fancy at all. But the main thing is that it gives you the chance to reflect and work as a team to actually visualize how you want your labor and birth to go. Because I promise you, if you visualize how you're going to manage labor and birth, when you come into that birthing suite you are going to walk through those doors like an absolute boss woman you are and feel so in control and so powerful to have that magical birthing experience you've always desired. Now I hope this episode has given you some insight into what to include on your birth wishes template and the last thing that I want to say is you should be so proud of yourself for even listening to this episode and going away writing your birth wishes because I'm telling you there's so many people out there that don't do that and honestly knowledge is power within the birthing space so you go girl have a wonderful week guys and we will be back in your ears next week bye thank you for listening to today's episode of midi your support means the absolute world to me so if you loved this episode and want to stay up to date with the latest interviews and midwifery education please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review for further information about this episode please check the show notes below if you wish to share your pregnancy and motherhood experience, you can get in touch with me by emailing hello at and find us on Instagram at at themidisociety or at Monique underscore Maitland. I cannot wait for you to join me next week. I'll be talking all things flap chat. Was that my hands or my flaps? I'll let you decide. In the meantime, I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, you're doing the best you can.